The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts for tonight's broadcast. First up, Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody! Welcome, welcome. And last but not least, Brittany Garcia. You saved the best for last. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did. That's a cool. song, actually. <laughs> How dare you? How I knew it. Favoritism. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome. I'm ready to talk about this episode because I have to say it's probably my favorite. Ever? Yeah, maybe. Oh, my. Okay, we have stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's called a teaser, listeners, a teaser, and I'm excited, and I'm here for it. So let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 2, which was titled A Bitter Draft, and uh, it aired on October 2nd, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. When a mysterious man from the land of untold stories who has a past with the evil queen arrives in Storybrooke, David and Snow work together with Regina to neutralize the threat. Belle seeks Hook's help finding a safe place to hide away from her husband, Mr. Gold. The evil queen continues to try to win Zelina over to her side, while Emma resumes her therapy sessions with Archie and shares her terrifying vision of the future. So, let's get into it. Let's get into our initial reactions to this episode, and we'll start off with our little ray of sunshine, who knew... Brittany. Oh man. Just look what happened in one season. I was darkness like Emma and now I'm the light. I'm you are. <laughs> Coming <laughs> out of the dark. Things, you know, just something. But um I really, really love this episode. I try not to be that type of person where if a show just gives me everything, I'm just gonna be like, okay, A plus, everything's good, I'm here for the ride. I like to critique some stuff. I'll be hard on this show when I have to be. And it's usually just Rumbell stuff, but um that seems to be kind of fading. I, I'm I'm really excited with uh what they're giving us right now. It's giving me back faith in the writers. I feel like we're getting a lot of nostalgia from season one, which they said they would give us anyway. 
So I kind of had those expectations, but I wasn't sure if they were going to exceed them or not. And I really liked this episode. I know I gave the premiere a 10 out of 10, but I think what I do is I, I rate premieres and finales like based on, on that like itself. Like for a premiere, it was a 10 out of 10. But for the episode, maybe like Priscilla, I'm pretty sure I think you gave it a 7 out of 10 or something like that. I, I agree with you. In comparison to this episode, where I feel like we were right back on track, man. It was so good. And I feel a little bad saying that because I feel like we didn't get a lot of Emma. We got more Regina. And I'm kind of like, well, isn't Emma supposed to be the main character? You know, I don't know. But I can't feel that guilty because Regina's my favorite character. And this was a spotlight on her. And God, it was it was so good. It was just so good. And the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, got, we got like Leonardo oh DiCaprio mixed with Orlando Bloom, and like I don't know what the hell they create. They had a child, and it was the the Count of Monte Cristo. I thought like, the same thing. I right? got Orlando Bloom vibes like right away. I'm like, right? they, they had the money to hire that guy. What the like? Yeah, that, I mean, that's... if there's anything I think that once upon a time uh, casting directors do is that they get some really sexy people but not only that they can act really well i was captivated by this guy when he walked in and and then the the outfits and oh i know we're gonna get into it but i was just completely sold within the first like 10 minutes of this episode and then it just it blew wide open it was just so good so yeah all right now good grief that was a whole lot and i loved every moment of it priscilla can you equal the hype of Britney? What did you no. think of this? Oh, what did you think of this episode? I'm, I'm like, scared. I love the fact that, like, they're trying to go back to, like, our season one feeling of it, where, like, not every fairy tale leads to a happy ending, and there's, like, fucked up shit that the evil queen does. And I feel like, because there's evil queen and there's Regina, we get a ton of stuff. But between, like, the weird fucked up shit with like re- the evil queen and Zelina and that, uh, that the moments where I like threw up a little in my mouth with like the evil queen and Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> and Rumpelstiltskin, like oh my god like I, I felt sick like the only parts that were like that sold me were god damn that Count of Monte Cristo is hats and Hook kind of owning up to the fact that like he was a douchebag and he hit Belle like it took forever but they finally like addressed that in the show and I love it okay I enjoyed the episode I thought it was a really strong episode I love Regina so obviously I am biased much like Brittany so this was a a, a fantastic performance by Lana Parrilla and uh, I, I just thought it was a, a really great as as we've said sort of throwback to season one episode it felt like everything felt season one in in this episode like the flashbacks were very season one-ish the whole we got to save storybook because there's something this week it felt very season one-ish i I enjoyed it i thought it was a uh, really great episode and i'm excited to chat with all of you about it but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of once upon a time here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us like us on facebook facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror follow us on tumblr 
storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So let's get into it. A quick shout out to the opening title card, which featured the Dark Palace in the forest. And so, as we always do, let's start off in the past and uh, let's let's discuss this. Uh, version interpretation of the Count of Monte Cristo because where we catch up with the actual Count's story it's basically at the end of his story we are at a party we have Edmond Dantes and uh, he's holding a cer- there's a ceremony that's being held in his palace and he walks on over to the person who locked him up 10 years earlier the Baron and kills him as revenge and as the Baron is dying basically he's like well you think it was just me like, there's this whole you know a conspiracy around it there's many more people involved ha 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 and all that kind of stuff so everyone flees except for the evil queen and the evil queen basically decides to barter with uh, the Count of Monte Cristo she's like I have a list of everyone that's wronged you and your fiance I know you want this for revenge but I need a little help from you first because you seem to do this whole revenge thing you know, pretty good. You're you're better than Warren over on the series Revenge. And so she decides to make a trade. You know, you help me with things that I need, I will give you this list. And the things that she need basically is Snow and Charming dead. So later on we see Snow and Charming, they come across a village that has been burned to a crisp and uh, they're there with uh, Snow White's handmaiden, Charlotte, and Grumpy, and there they encounter Edmund, who's pretending to be the lone survivor, a vintner. And so uh, the Charmings take pity on the man because his village has been uh, turned to ash, and so they bring him on and, and give him a job as a vintner in their palace but we find out obviously he's working with the evil queen the evil queen provides him with the agarbon snake venom in liquid form and to use that to poison the charmings Uh, rumpelstiltskin arrives and uh in between the sexual tension the evil queen uh, basically is like i'm gonna kill charming i know that you put a protection spell on him so i can't physically kill him but don't worry i got someone who's gonna do it and i put a protection spell on him so that you can't kill him so he can continue on with uh, the killing so later on that that uh, night edmund has poisoned wine and uh even though he feels a little guilty of like killing 
the Charmings because he had mentioned to the Evil Queen that they seem so nice, you know, why kill them? Uh, all of a sudden, the Handmaiden Charlotte arrives and she's ready to toast them with that poisoned wine because she's about to leave the palace. And uh, uh, Edmund Dantes, he feels remorse for it because he looks into Charlotte's eyes and she uh, she reminds him of his uh, dead fiance and so as they're about to drink the wine Edmund you know removes it using uh, the excuse that because this should be a celebration you know he should bring out you know some more special wine so he goes down into the wine cellar and Rumpelstiltskin appears and basically is like you know why didn't you kill them and uh, so he admits that Charlotte reminds him of his fiance and so he he can't kill uh, them and Rumpel basically is like well I didn't want you to kill them anyway because they need to procreate Sorry for the, uh, the, 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 what did he say? He was like, excuse me for being vulgar or something like that, or for, for all the details. And so he does uh, end up making sure to get rid of Edmund. Uh, uh, Rumpel ends up poisoning Charlotte anyway and convinces Edmund to take Charlotte with him to a different realm called Land of Untold Stories so that her story can be put on pause so that she doesn't die. And basically he's using this as a guarantee to keep Edmund away so that he can't poison the Charmings. And so Edmund accepts the offer and ends up leaving to the Land of Untold Stories. So it's a pretty simple storyline. I was like, let me just get it out the way so that we can have an open discussion about it. So let's talk about Once Upon a Time's interpretation of the Count of Monte Cristo, as well as how he got mixed up with the evil queen and Rumpelstiltskin. And we can talk a little bit about the sexual tension as well, because we know that that's Priscilla's favorite subject. So we'll start off, no. we'll start off with Priscilla since she, she volunteered. No, I didn't volunteer as this tribute. Damn it. <laughs> well, okay, we've already established that the guy who plays the Count of Monte Cristo, A plus in casting. Great guy. Like he he's pleasing on the eyes and he's actually a really good actor. Like I believed him like with his with the sword fighting like it it looked cool and again, this marks another time in Once Upon a Time where it's kind of like season 1 again in that people die you you see someone being like repost killed with a sword and it, it just happens and you accept it i kind of loved that right off the bat you see the evil queen like talking to him and like kind of flirting with him and i'm like yes this is the evil queen i want and then she starts flirting with rumple and like <laughs> he starts smelling her boobs and i'm like huh? But you have to remember, in season one in the flashbacks, I mean, they were like that. He thought... Although this was, like, to the, to the extreme, because I don't ever remember him getting that close to her. And I think that was... I, I, I think that that was, like, improvised. Because, like, Lana, it looked like it threw her off for, like, half a second, but then she, like, went with it. I have to say that that character slept with Cora and for two seconds thought that, like, Regina might be his daughter. Do you remember that Cora had to say no? Like, so to 
have this same shit happening. God damn it, once. Why do you have to go there with the weird relationships? <laughs> Disgusting. Like, and going through the story, like, I kind of put that on pause and just like thought of the Count of Monte Cristo and why he was going after the Charmings and it looked interesting and when Charlotte came out I'm like wait did the Count of Monte Cristo have a daughter was Mercedes like even wait no this is Disney like they totally just erased everything Alexander Dumas wrote and just went with it with their own shit just turn off your brain it's, it's gonna be fun and I don't know that that ending it kind of, I talked about this before with um, my boyfriend that the the point of like that novel with Alexandre Dumas is that like revenge is like a dish best served cold and like it sometimes like you succeed even though it feels like a failure you succeed and in this case like it's very much a happy ending that didn't happen like th- this is the land of untold stories for odd for for the reasons that aren't portrayed in the show but are true to the book in that in in that instance that like nothing really happened that should have happened in the book but i don't know like if if you take apart that and you just watch the count of monte cristo it was okay and also rumple saying procreate was just Jesus Christ, what why can't you just say I need them both together? No, I don't need that golden lizard hip thrusting everywhere. That's that's that's, that's <laughs> not that's not for me. Put the glitter back in the bottle. No. Well he wouldn't be the one thrusting. Charming would be the one that he needs to thrust. I'm just saying. <laughs> He you know what like I mean? He was doing enough thrusting with like that that perfume scene where he was sniffing her boobs is weird. It's weird. I love that scene though. Maybe because I'm sick and twisted, but I I loved how I knew that when they like panned her cuz I'm like why are they showing her perfume on? And then all of a sudden he like you know, excuse me and like she jumps. Like I just I thought that was fantastic. The, the sniffage was a little weird, but then I had to remember okay, in season 1 they were kind of like this. They, I mean, it wasn't as bad as that. Like, it, they didn't go as deep as that. But you could tell that there was some sort of tension between them, in a sense. But, I don't know. I, I liked their interpretation of the Count of Monte Cristo. I, I thought it was really interesting. I, I thought, like, how he connected to the evil queen, and then Rumpel got into the mix. It was very season one, because they were, like, getting into, like, everyone's stories. So, I thought that was kind of neat and uh, it was interesting how like they brought in the land of untold stories because I was kind of wondering like why he ended up going there and why he would have been a part of that land so it made kind of sense although it didn't make sense as you mentioned in the actual counts story because you know it's the story definitely takes a different turn which I guess we'll discuss once we get into the present day. But Brittany, what did you think of the Count's story and the meddling of the Evil Queen and Rumpel in it? I'm not going to lie. I remember reading this story back fr- back in freshman year of high school. I'm a senior in college. I don't remember shit. I'm not going to lie. So I had to look up um, 
you know, some spark notes, as we used to call it back in the day. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> to look up what the story was about, and then it, it was coming back to me a little bit, you know, bits and pieces. And I, and I got the gist, you know, I was like, okay, this is this is this and then let's see what you know once is gonna pull out and you know i've liked some of the the majority of the the, the changes they've made in a lot of the stories so um first of all the casting was already a plus so you i was like already like halfway there of like loving what they were gonna do but um they did take me for a loop because i felt like that they were gonna try and do like this cliche thing where he lost uh, his fiance. And then he was going to fall in love right away with this new girl who, you know, love at first sight, you know, which is so like, oh, whatever. But it's also like, mm -hmm. oh, it's once upon a time, you know, it's like if we're going to watch this show, we better fucking believe in love at first sight. Like, this is where we can live through that, you know, even if it doesn't happen in real life to to us personally or if it does good for you. Um, but they didn't. They just showed that he had like some kind of like... Um, you know fondness of her but not in a romantic sense it's just she reminded him of someone he loved and i love that he wanted to do his mission but he didn't want to hurt innocent people and i think that sets him apart from like a guy who just wants revenge you know and he doesn't care who gets in his way you know he was like i kind of have like a code where i'm gonna just go for the people who wronged me and and that's why he was so conflicted with snow and charming too and he didn't want to hurt them and i i really enjoyed that and also because he's hot and i don't want to be like that person that defends the hot guy who's evil even though oh I, my gosh you know i do it all the time but i really you do, do it in every show that you're on yeah i do so i'm glad thank you once upon a time for doing this but i did like that that they didn't go the cliche route but when she was uh when rumple did use her as leverage you know he had to give in and i like I, I liked it. it it stays with the theme of like charming and snow too how they can't hurt people. They can't hurt innocents, or innocents shouldn't get hurt because of them. I really like that. That's a that's a trope. I think I'll always appreciate. And uh, yeah, I like the backstory, and I especially, I especially loved the the intro of the count. I think I really fell in love with that atmosphere of where we were, um, and the dresses, the the costumes for the women in that scene they reminded me of that movie uh pride and prejudice the one from 2005 yes it was very victorian like yeah. I, I loved it yeah that's why so when i saw it, i was like oh i'm in because i love period pieces movies if i have to say if i have a guilty pleasure it's that so uh, I, I i pride and prejudice and zombies yeah and that movie too i i loved it all i just i i ate it all up and everything looked just so beautiful and stuff so i knew it was just gonna be good but i i did like it and then i think i i prefer gold when he's playing rumpelstiltskin when he's all juicy and sparkly i really oh my gosh I, it's like he brings a different i love how you said he's all juicy it's just because after six seasons you kind of get annoyed you're annoyed with rumpel i mean if you're not then i guess you know I don't know, hats off to you, but... Or you should say you're annoyed with Mr. Gold. Yeah. The Mr. Gold iteration of Rumpel. Yeah, I guess that's how I'm going to have to be doing this, like, Evil Queen and Regina. I guess I have to do this with Gold and Rumpel, because, um... Miss Gold, right now, he's going through a lot of stuff, and he's just... He's such a broody, moody guy that I just don't like being around, but when Rumpel still skins on screen, and he's like, woo and he's, like, doing his little dances, and, you know, <laughs> he's like that... <laughs> yes. so true. You got, you got it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you want to know, like the crazy thing is, I just imagined you doing the woo. Um, it was fantastic. 
So I, you would let him sniff your cleavage? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I, I've had six years of practice for that. But yeah, I just oh. love that when he's on screen and the, the chemistry, you know, even though Priscilla's like, oh, yucky, you know, with Golden and um, an evil queen, but Rumple and evil queen was like, mm, I like, I don't know. You want, you want like them to head to the smush room? Yeah. I like how they... They're, um, they play off each other and you're like, are they flirting or are they being weird or I don't know what, but I, I dig it. All of the above. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And I, I've always liked their dynamic. They're weird. You know, he get, he taught her how to do this stuff, but she's also like, what did she say? That she's the head of the master now and he's just kind of like, damn it. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's a lot of season one vibes and I'm totally into it. I really liked it, and you know, Regina, the little scene of her, you know, just practicing with her guard, and then she kills him. I'm all like, yeah, yeah, that's what I like. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the second guy that died this episode. Yeah, hey, you're forgetting the little soldiers, man. Poor guys, but yeah. So, uh, e overall, really, really nice. The count, I think, really captivated me, and just being a good guy. And so when he comes back, I'm like, something's off. So you know. We'll get we'll get into that when you start talking about that. But he the flash, no, I was just say the flash. Very nice stationary. I, I just have to sit like <laughs> I'm like. Listeners, we notice the small stuff, and I like it. <laughs> I mean, we've been watching this show for six years. You know, you kind of pick up on some stuff. You know, yes, yeah, he has good penmanship too. Yeah, and I I think they nailed the casting here, and it's just really good chemistry with everybody. You know, just all top-notch and i feel like i'm giving out too many like a's you know and just with it, i don't know this episode just did something for me and we're talking we talk about like regina and the evil queen like how different they are but we also have to acknowledge that gold and rumple stillskin are so different too you know yes yeah, yeah, i they, agree yeah they make the deals and the contracts that's like the one thing that's the same but after that it's 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 so different and i enjoy that because i'm kind of done with gold right now <laughs> so you've been like done with that. gold for seasons though let's let's no, be, let's be but real now, here. but here like he doesn't have his child nor bell and he's just there's just like this moodiness like a little gray cloud is following him and you know what i don't even give a shit <laughs> i'm like boy you you did this yourself i don't feel any pity for you <laughs> yeah you know, well, well, let's get into modern day Storybrooke, USA, and we pick up uh, that night, the same night when uh, the Evil Queen surprised Zelina, and uh, they're off on a field trip. The Evil Queen and Zelina head on to uh, Regina's vault, and despite the protection spell that's placed on it, it's protected by blood magic, so that means that both can enter perfectly well. And uh, the Evil Queen has a plan, basically telling Zelina, you know, that Regina can never escape who she really is. And so she takes a whole bunch of magical stuff, potions and whatnot, and a box that's going to be useful in her plan, useful to her plans. And uh, the Evil Queen also congratulates Zelina for not letting Regina know about her arrival in Storybook, despite uh, Zelina's mixed feelings. And so, let's talk about 
Regina. So Regina heads to visit Granny's the next day to help uh, the newcomers to uh, this uh, land, all the uh, residents of uh, the Land of Untold Stories. And uh, she sort of does this great you know, speech, you know, uh, we know that you wanted to put your stories on pause, but we're here for you. We're here to figure out what you need to do next, basically. And I'm here with a fresh slate as well. And while all that's going on, a person shows up, and we know that it's the Count of Monte Cristo. And uh, he leaves a letter next to Henry, because Henry's like, oh, you know, who are you? You know, let me see who you are. And the dude ends up disappearing, but there's a letter there, and it's for S Snow and Charming. And uh, Regina, while Snow and Charming are like trying to figure out what this is and why this count wants to speak to them, Regina's like, I know why, because I sent him to kill you. And so she explains the story, what we saw in uh, the flashbacks, and uh, Regina's like, you know, don't worry. You know, I will, I will fix this. And after visiting his room and realizing that he has an arsenal of weapons to use, Regina ends up heading to uh, the wreckage of the dirigible and confronts Edmund. And basically is like, you know, things have changed. I've changed. We're good. They're basically like family now. Please don't kill them. You know, let's let's you know cancel this deal. And unfortunately. Edmund is like, no, you know, the deal is still on, you know, it's out of my control, and uh, pulls out his sword, ready to strike Regina, but she uses magic to stop it, and he disappears. Around the same time, you know, Emma gets a call from Regina, and so Emma's uh, idea is to get Snow and Charming out of Storybrooke, and so they're ready to cross the town line when all of a sudden they realize that someone has placed a barrier on the city limits and so they get into a wreck and Regina when Regina arrives she realizes that it's the exact same protection spell she did way back in season one and she wonders how this could happen you know what you know who could have done this she ends up calling Zelina and uh, Zelina is like you know well I didn't do it and uh, Regina's like, do you know who did it? And, and Zelina, it, it looked like she was ready to tell Regina, but she doesn't say anything, and, you know, she you know gets all huffy and poofs her way out of there. So let's talk about this. Okay, break what? it down, like, because which part? That was a lot. So like, It was. Like, so let's talk about a bit about the Count in present-day Storybrooke as well as the discovery that there's this barrier around Storybrooke. Because obviously we know a lot more than our characters do. Like, what do we think they're thinking at this moment? I was kind of wondering at this point why he was still going after Snow and Charming. If, like, why would he be in the Land of Untold Stories? Like, something wrong must have happened between Snow and Charming. Why is he still going after them? Like, that that was odd to me. I, I thought he would, like, chime in and look for Regina. So right away when I saw that letter, I'm like, something is off. He's not what he's supposed to be. He's not what he's purported to be. And so later, the, the reveal that he's not really controlling himself, like, it, it made sense to me. But the, uh, the other thing that caught my attention is Regina put 
a barrier before, and I'm saying Regina, and then the evil queen put the same one now, meaning Emma should have been able to break through that as a savior. Like, that that was a little bit of, like, if, if we're noticing the details, that's a little off to me. Still, that car wreck looked, looked funny. It looked great. Well, maybe, maybe they're doing the thing where because um, Emma's losing, I don't, we're not sure of the reason of her tremors, but maybe it has to do with something like not believing in herself or because she's going through that, she's not as powerful as she was. I'm kind of, I don't know, so maybe Ooh. she couldn't break it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. Or maybe maybe Emma can go through it, but because the Charmings were there, that's why yeah. she couldn't break through it. Yeah, once upon a time, logic is weird. But I'm going to assume it has to do something with her powers not being... Uh, if if they ever answer it, but... I, I Hashtag think, magic. I think they'll play around that, that she's not going to be as powerful or as... Um, yeah, pretty much powerful because of what she's going through right now. Which we're not even sure what it is yet. We're not there yet, so... At least that's what I think. But other than that, you're right, Priscilla. I think uh, they had some weird logic stuff. And that crash was funny. Um, and that was too easy, too. There was no way they were going to just get out of there. But I like that they that they had a plan. I, I like that our characters are not only doing a plan, but they're doing a plan B. Yeah. I also like Zelina's little quip. Of, like, why do you guys drive around in these death traps? Like, why can't you just magic your way around town? I liked that, but as a side note, Zelina's kind of playing like playing the victim for all of this stuff because this is a place like covered with blood magic, and we know Regina didn't do it, so Zelina's the only one, and she's like, "Why? Why are you guys thinking it's me? Because it's the only other option right now. If you just said it wasn't me, but I have a partner in crime that's here, like." I would believe her more, but she's she's acting super desperate and super like put upon as a victim, and I don't like that. <laughs> I want my wicked witch back. I don't want this stupid bitch. Like, no. <laughs> Good luck, Priscilla, because this is all we're getting. I knew that this was gonna happen with Zelina. You know me. I don't like Zelina. I don't like her. I've never liked her. Um, I think she's cool. Like her her sassiness, like being the wicked witch. She's fun and she's cool and i don't mind that side but the jealousy and the abandonment issues and sister issues like i'm so over that like her and regina they have a lot of shit to to, to get over and to work out but Zelina's acting like a little kid like oh my big sister doesn't want to be as my sister it's like girl wait just wait but here she is doing shit behind regina's back and she's like I'm offended that you think I'm evil, even though I'm doing something evil by being, you know, a silent accomplice. By not yeah. telling you. You know, like, it's so bad. If the writers are trying to make people like Zelina more, they're doing a terrible job because I don't like her and I still don't like her. Like, this episode. Yeah, well, I like her and I still like her. I'm like, hanging on. So. I'm one of her hashtag my pretties. No, so like, 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 I, like I was saying. I'm well, hoping okay. for better. Well, like I'm saying, I like her sassy side, like, that I don't mind her being on the good team and uh, and being like with her wits and you know being cool and using her powers for good like we got that last episode right where Regina was you know they, they were back at the house at that scene where she's unpacking and they're still on good terms and she's all like 
and she's putting the baby down and she's like i gotta go get rid of the bad guy like you know it seemed like we were going we were headed a really good direction where selena was really gonna try and redeem herself like regina did and it's it, we're just totally going backwards with that and well regina had her bumpy ride oh, to yeah. redemption yeah. if we think about it That's what i think they're going to do with selena is uh, with her interactions with the evil queen because like we've started off the season basically with Zelina telling regina you got rid of the part that's most like me i think that with her interactions with the evil queen she's going to realize that she's truly much more like regina and i think that's how you know she's going to realize you know i'm not like this person like you know i'm I, I should be closer with the other side of my sister. Like, why am I getting entangled with the evil queen? I think that's what she's... I'm hoping, at least, that that's what she ends up coming to the realization to at some point that this season. a double that, agent. I would love I if she would... Yeah, because I, I feel like... I forget who said this. One of you was a genius for saying this in the last episode. You One of you said that you feel like the person in the cloak is going to be Emma... I feel like that is the truth, and I feel like this season is going to be all about everyone accepting both sides to themselves, although I feel like we kind of did this, because remember, I think it was in season two, where Snow had that big meeting in the town hall, where she was like, I am Mary Margaret, but I am Snow White as well, and I have to accept both sides. It was like right after everyone realized who they were, after the the spell was broken. Yeah at the end of season one, I feel like that happened in season two where the charmings at least accepted themselves. But I feel like everyone is going to have to accept both sides to their story. Much like I, I think that like Emma is going to have to accept that she is Emma Swan, yet she is also the savior. Regina is going to have to accept that she is Regina and the evil queen. Everyone's going to have to accept the, the, the two sides to the coin that they have of themselves. Yeah, and I feel like and, the, the Mary yeah. Margaret Was it Priscilla thing, that said it last week? Or was it Brittany? That was me, I said it. That, okay, that, well, you're a genius. Yes, that I think that that's why, you know, the hooded person, we don't see them, and that's going to be, like, a pretty big mystery. But that's what I, that's the, that's what I was getting from, from, like, I guess the ending of last season and this season, how there's going to be two Reginas, the evil queen, you know, and then there's, you know, how we were talking about gold, there's gold, and then there's Rumpelstiltskin. And then I like how you were talking about right now with season two, how, um, Snow was accepting that she's married Margaret and Snow, but last season she kind of came to the conclusion like I want to be Snow White, like that's who I am. I'm like leaving Mary Margaret behind, and we're like praise the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's all we want. Yeah, to do but right I have now. a feeling she's gonna have to realize that she's both sides of it. No, I don't think so. I think she's totally done with her. Or you think? Well, I think, I think everyone else is gonna have to realize that they're both sides. Yeah, I think that. I think that was like the stepping stone. If you get what I'm saying, that it was Snow first. Yeah, she was like the first one. Yeah, like yeah. a prequel, and that's why she's able to sit down and talk to everyone else who's having uh, a crisis. Because that's who Snow White is, right? Like, how could she I be like in, a, in a crisis and helping other people in the same crisis when she's not even figured it out herself? But she already knows. She knows who she is. Maybe David's going to go through something. I, I feel like we're going to get more of an arc I feel, yeah. If he does, that's cool. If he doesn't, if he has something else, that's fine. But I think Snow is good to go, but it's going to be Emma. I think even Hook 
is going through some stuff. I know you haven't. I agree. I think he's going to. Uh, we haven't gotten there yeah. yet, but I feel like his thing is, am I a villain or am I a hero? Yeah, and he's going to have to accept his villainous side yeah, to be himself, able to like become he, the hero. Yeah, in the yeah exactly. Yeah. I agree. Uh, a thousand Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints for Britney. Yay! Yeah. What do I win? Do I, like, it's like that, um, restaurant we have here. You, you have to Piper. redeem them, yes. We, yes. We can, like, play all the games and we get a bunch of tickets and then we get a big prize. So, I'm getting my yes. tickets I think for a prize. I think for a thousand, you can get a cereal bowl. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so, let's continue on. We have uh, Regina and Henry returning to the wreckage. And they encounter the handmaiden, Charlotte's body and they discover that she was poisoned and uh, when regina touches the handmaiden she gets zapped and the two are confronted by granny eating a monte cristo sandwich no it is the evil queen that was so cool i'm sorry i know right Dude, there was a lot of shade thrown at granny this episode with the with Belle, like, oh, I need a place to stay. And Emma's like, I don't think you want to stay there. And you see Granny, like, look at her and, and death glance. Like, there's some shade at Granny this episode. I feel like... You can't fuck with Granny. She's got crossbows. I know, I'm but I saying. feel like it's your fault, Jeff. Because you're always talking about her. You know, like, mentioning, oh, Granny's the one in the hood. Or Leave something. her alone. She's here, she's here, like, not even in the shadows. Just right there in the screen and she's glaring at you. She is. I love me some granny. Shout out to granny. And so it is the evil queen who confronts Regina and, and Henry. And she's weakened Regina's power. Remember that zap? It turns out that uh, she had placed some magic on the handmaiden so that uh, it'll zap Regina and weaken her powers. And it is revealed from the evil queen that she is the one that's controlling Edmund Dantes. She is controlling the heart of the Count of Monte Cristo to make sure that she that he kills the charming. And apparently she can control cell phone towers and Wi-Fi because that phone just stops working. I'm sorry, that was just like interesting to me. But she didn't hurt Henry. Did anyone she didn't because she didn't hurt her. She, and she actually was very nice then. She was like, hey, Henry, like, hey, baby, you know, come over here. I'm your mother, mommy. I know, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's true. And then that the wire hangers. That is something, I, not that I didn't notice, but I didn't really, like, care to look at. But it's totally there. You guys are right. She doesn't ever make an attempt to even use him as leverage at all. She, he's totally, like, safe. He's just in the background just being like, mommy, don't do this. But she's doing it. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I actually, I like that. I feel like that, yeah. that could be leverage against the evil queen. Very true. I like that. And so over at the docks, Edmund shows up to fight Snow and Charming. And, uh, you know, they get into a scuffle, basically. And uh, he ends up knocking them out after telling them that the evil queen is alive and basically controlling him. Just as he's about to finish them, Regina arrives and, uh, you know, they get into a fight. And Regina's still weakened by what uh, the evil queen did. And so she can't use her magic. And as uh, Priscilla mentioned, Henry's phone is magically blocked by some sort of spell that the evil queen created she's a uh, she's updated to the ios and uh when uh, you know all of a sudden like there's nothing that 
Regina can do to stop the Count. And the Count is ready to end the life of the Charmings. And so Regina ends up throwing a sword at Edmund and kills him. And suddenly the Evil Queen appears and uh, taunts Regina. She's basically like, this is what I wanted you to do. You know, I want to blacken your heart. I want to darken it because you know that you're just like me. You've got the darkness in you. You've always had the darkness in you. And now that you've got this little bitty bit of darkness because you killed that man, it's going to grow and grow and grow. And you will be more evil than ever. And she warns everyone that uh, not only are these individuals from the Land of Untold Stories here, you know, who have now unpaused their stories and they have to live them out. All of you have untold stories that are about to be played out. And uh, she also warns them basically that Regina is going to be their undoing, that Regina will take away all of uh, your happy endings. It feels kind of like that chorus scheme where I take everything from my daughter and when she has nothing left, she'll turn to me. I think she's going to activate like all of the shit that the evil queen's done in her past. And Regina's going to have to learn how to cope with this, how to deal with it, how to make amends. Like we saw that kind of happen with Hook and Bell and we're, and we haven't seen that in Rumple, and we haven't seen that in Regina yet. So that pathway to redemption is going to be an interesting storyline. Also, that is some Cruella bullshit she the Count of Monte Cristo was going to kill them like she had no other choice like fuck that whole there's always a second option there was no option it's either turn him into a shish kebab or have Snow and Charming dead there's one or the other yeah I think it's also psychological torment as well I don't necessarily 100% believe that you know her killing him is gonna like turn her evil and that kind of thing kind of like when emma killed cruella like i never really bought the whole she killed cruella so all of a sudden now she's gonna turn dark and all this kind of stuff but i feel like her being told that by like this evil person is more like psychological torment and like her believing it you know could end up making that happen in a sense it's more so the belief in it rather than like the actual uh, magical, you know, uh, schematics or whatever uh, about the the situation. I think it's more like psychological. I agree with torment. you. I agree. I think uh, for Regina, it, this is going to be a lot of like the past is coming back to haunt you. I mean, we get we as the audience, we've gotten to see since season one a lot of Regina's backstory when she was the evil queen and when she was Regina, but mostly. When she was the evil queen, like, she did a lot of shit. Like, even last year, we got a, a small glimpse of how she used to be, how she just interrupted a wedding and killed the groom. Just, like, for no reason. Like, she was pretty fucking bad. But Yeah, I think, I think this will silence a bit of the haters out there. Because there are a lot of people that really hold Regina to everything that she's done and uh, there are a lot of people that don't like Regina in the Once Upon a Time fandom that sort of complain about well why is she getting a free pass she used to do this she used to do that she used to do the other she's never paid for everything that she's done well I think this might be the season where she starts paying for everything I know she's owned up to stuff in the past and she's apologized to people but she's done a lot of stuff so this yeah. might be the 
finally the chance for her to like atone for everything that she's done yeah i think the first step with you know a redemption arc is being like self-aware it's like knowing that first off i did do shitty things i was a shitty person and, and then like the second thing you know I'm, I'm pretty sure there's more like than like two steps but another step is also being like well i'm not one or the other i'm both and i need to learn to live with the things i did before and forgive myself which is what hook says when he's talking to bell which i think is an arc that a lot of that regina is probably going to go through this season where it's like you need to forgive yourself for the things you did even if people don't forgive you the first step is yourself and maybe people later but it but still it's first you you know yourself first and foremost and then only then can you start to heal and become this whole new person and i think like i remember when uh last season when regina had that talk with emma in the finale and she's talking about like how she can't really live with herself and that's why she has to tear away the evil queen it's like nah girl you're gonna have to learn to to embrace all of you and i hope but i'm hoping that this concept in this arc does not apply to rumple and bell and bell loving rumple you know, like, we're forgiving him, you know, like, because he needs to accept that she needs to accept both of it. Like, nah, girl, there's, you know, some there's Regina wanting to change and forgive herself. And then there's Rumble who doesn't want to do shit. So, you know, well, there's that as as an aside. This means nothing in terms of redemption or anything like that. And trust me, I, like. I pretty much ship everything so long as it's not weird or rumpel anymore. So I'm really looking forward to the evil queen meeting Emma. I I, I need some of that flirtation in my oh life. God. I, like, <laughs> oh my god! Like so swan queen. Swan yes, queen. I I need some swan evil. Queen I feel like moments. this is like the true swan queen, and the other one. Oh gosh! Hashtag swan queen. The true swan queen because this is like literally evil queen. And then there's, like, Regina, you know? I think they need to, like, separate the two, but nah, I know people are not gonna like that. But anyway, like... Oh, that would be the, amazing. Yeah, the chemistry with Lana and uh, and Jennifer is pretty fucking good. I'm not gonna lie. Especially not- when, like, Regina was bad, like, in season one. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, like, really went at it. Yeah, and, and they had some really intense chemistry. So <laughs> hopefully that can... I'm not surprised people wanted to ship them. Like, for fun, I would, too. Be like, hell yeah, you got the two mommies, and they're sexy. You know, I don't... Both of them, the actresses. And I feel like when uh, Lana portrays, you know, the evil queen, she's just oozing, you know, this sensualness. and, and But there's also this sexy aggression. And I'm just like, damn, girl, you know, you need to calm down. She's in my TV, but she's doing things to me. I don't understand. Oh, she's pulling you through, the, like, the TV. And so, like, yeah. she's very good at being flirtatious and being a bad yeah. girl. She mm-hmm. would be the type of woman that I would be like, I don't know if you're flirting with me or you're threatening me, but I'm okay. If you're doing both or one or the other, you know, like, I don't care. But, oh you know, I just, I, I'm just hoping that uh, this all ends on, well, I don't think it's going to end on a good note, but I really like this arc. I really like where, where we're going. And I like that it's not only applying to one person, it's applying to everybody. Yeah. I agree. I was probably the one person on this show when it was announced that the Evil Queen would be returning that 
was like thinking about the storyline with a lot of trepidation but if the final outcome of this storyline is the fact that regina is much more deeper into her road to redemption and where she can finally accept herself as like a whole person then this storyline will have been a success for me and 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 i'm liking what we're seeing so far so i feel like we're headed in a really good outcome direction i mean it's gonna take a whole lot of shit to hit the fan first but it'll be entertaining to see i agree i think uh just you know to wrap the whole regina stuff up um I, I also want to say I appreciate the, the opening scene where she's in there and she acts as mayor. But, like, the, the Regina we've always wanted to see as mayor, you know, compassionate. Uh, uh, ha- and she just shows that she's there for the people. And I like that most of the episodes she's concerned for her city. She's like, I promise these people that they're going to be safe and, like... It's already like one minute in and shit's already hit the fan. I'm like, damn, our heroes can't catch a break. And I think we don't get to be reminded, but we've been watching the show for six years. But I think the time span in the show itself has been like only three years. Maybe. Not if you see Henry. With Henry. Well, I know Henry's been six years. I know, but like in in the time, the timeline, there's been, there hasn't been like a, um, a six month like speed up or you know anything it's just been kind of one thing after the other continuation so um if we're expecting our characters to just be totally new people in six seasons that's not really ideal we need to learn that uh they're they're getting there and i think uh everyone being self-aware of you know being an asshole is a really good first step because i i know people in real life that you know, I wasn't like that. I'm like, you you were like that. No, I wasn't like that. You know, like, just yeah. admit it. I admit it. I know I did some stuff I'm not proud of. I have a diary from elementary, and I was a little hoe. Well, not Confessional. hoe, but... <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, I, was a, I, I did a bitchy thing to, you know, some, some people, and I'm like, man, kids are ruthless. Like, now if I did that, I would feel so bad. You know? Yes, I love Britney's taxicab confession. <laughs> we should spin this off you into its it. own show. You can love a TV show for the fantasy aspect, but you can totally put the relationships and experiences, you know, you can apply them to your life too. It'd be like, hey, I know what that feels like, and that makes you love the show even more. I know. Remember the time when you tried to poison people with Agrabah venom? Yeah. That's Wait, what? I know, right? <laughs> that was done it, hasn't it? Like, the last time was powdered form, and this time it's uh, liquid. It was like a really gross, thick liquid. Yeah, you would taste that in the wine. Like I know, right? That's not going to dissolve instantly. Did we skip over the hook scene? Like, were we were we going to go over that? We're actually heading that right now. Yeah. So, Belle has returned to Storybrooke. And she meets up with everyone at Granny's. And she's looking for a safe place to stay. This is where we get a little bit of shade uh, thrown uh, to uh, Granny's uh, bed and breakfast's beds. And so, Hook ends up helping Belle... And his idea is uh, to stow her away on uh, the Jolly Roger. So he's going to give her, uh, uh, basically, he's going to allow her to stay on the ship so that uh, she can uh, have a place to stay now that she, as she's put it, you know, are basically separated from 
Mr. Gold. And while they're on the ship, because Bell is like, you know, why are you doing this? And uh, he explains himself and he's like, well, you know, like the first time we met, you know, I, I tried to kill you. And then I did something that I'm very ashamed of. I, I hate you. And then obviously I shot you. <laughs> at the town line and she sort of is like but you know you were a different person then but he's like no you know i have to i have to i forget how he put it but basically you know he has to pay for his sins basically you know he's doing this out of the kindness of his heart you know as a means to you know uh, as, as a means of like penance for like everything that he had done in the past and it was a really nice scene a nice moment what did we think of the two sort of short scenes that we saw with hook and bell okay so i see this a lot in the fandom they call hook a problematic fave because he's been shown to want to change but it's kind of it's a veneer because he hasn't actually like addressed certain concerns in in this case like I still remember looking like watching season two again and being like he punched Belle in the face what the fuck how do they still talk like how how has he never said sorry to that beyond sorry that one moment like where he blinks and he, he says it really nonchalantly like so to have a moment like this where he's like, you know what, that is really unforgivable, and I know I can't like ask you for forgiveness, but like, I can I, I can only like do my best to kind of like piss Rumple off, but help you when when you need it, and I love that she forgives him, but also that she says. I, I can kind of see the same chain happening with Rumpel where he's done bad things and I keep forgiving him and thinking that he's going to change. Forgiveness from other people doesn't necessarily mean that someone has changed. And I love the fact that she says, I have to protect my son. Like, we haven't seen Belle have an impetus for change. Like, maybe once when she tossed Rumpel across the town line we saw something but it, it quickly got like written away so to have her have something set in stone like a child and and stick up for herself this time like it, it's both gratifying to see in Belle to see her be a stronger character and amazing to see in Hook to see him grow and become a better person yay Brittany what about you? I gotta agree and hop on on what Priscilla just said. I mean, it, the best time... Hop on, baby. <laughs> the best kind of storytelling is when it's consistent and it goes somewhere. I, 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 and it doesn't just brush over things that, that piss you off. Like, look, you can watch a TV show and, uh, and just kind of accept everything it gives you and be like, oh, okay, I guess I can forgive... Rumple for choosing power over Belle, you know, because whatever, you know, like, no, you can be upset about things that happen and it can be your favorite character, too. I have a, uh, a thing for a lot of, you know, bad boys and TV shows that are pretty fucking bad, but if they don't show any kind of remorse to get on the path of redemption, then I'm not going to like them. Because yeah. that, that, remember, you're a sucker for the bad boys. I, oh, oh, I'm a sucker for bad boys, and 
point point cases i always go back to it but damon salvatore and priscilla would know that you know if you're a fan of the vampire diaries uh there's a lot of stuff that that damon does too in uh, the first few seasons and then he does redeem himself and he learns to care about people and he feels bad about doing uh about what he did and uh he learns to care about people too i mean that's just that's character growth and that's redemption and and hook hasn't really had any except falling in love with emma which is not really redemption it's just falling in love with the right person i guess that can help you want to be better and um hook took the right step here and that's what we were talking about the arc of accepting who you who you were and the things you did and who you are now and then to become a better person and he says there i yeah you can forgive me but i'm not at that point yet where i can forgive myself and i thought that was really powerful because he could have seen this as a win and be like hey well i forgive myself he's like i got a long way to go and i'm like i'm proud of you hook i'm really proud of it i'm proud of it I, i just love it yeah i agree with what both of you have said that scene was written for two different reasons number one hook needed it as a character to continue his development and to continue his uh redemption as now a hero and uh the second reason that that scene was written is for the fans because much like what Priscilla mentioned there are a lot of people much like the people that don't like Regina there are a lot of people that don't like Hook that hold him to everything and rightfully so I mean I feel like you need to hold the characters to their actions and Hook did do a lot of despicable things uh, when he was a straight up villain and when he was sort of like in that gray line of like I want to be better but I still you know have this uh, revenge in my heart against a crocodile so that scene was needed immensely for for the character and for the fans and i'm glad that they wrote it and i'm glad that we got a chance to see it and uh, i feel like hook is going to continue to go down this redemptive arc and i'm looking forward to seeing it and to see what happens next yeah. speaking of a character that needs redemption we got Mr. Gold, and he's uh, confronted in his shop by the evil queen. She has stolen something, he steals it back, it's a coin, and uh, Rumple, or Gold I should say, is basically like, you know, whatever it is that you need to do, whatever it is that you need to do, I won't get in your way, you can do it, but uh, please do not include Belle or my unborn baby in you know this mayhem that you will be creating and uh, and so not regina sorry the evil queen accepts gold's deal and uh, once the deal is accepted uh gold returns the coin to the evil queen and fuck henry his grandson yeah dude i know right up with that i would feel like even him you know it's all about family or whatever that he would honor Henry just for his son, but fuck that, I guess, right? I know, right? Apparently so. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag reasons, I guess. And so, the Evil Queen has something 
that she's got in, in store for that coin. Because later on that night, after everything that had happened in the day with the Count and everything, and as our heroes have gathered at Granny's to come up with the strategy as to what to do next with the Evil Queen, Charming sees a note. And uh, he opens it and finds uh, the coin in the envelope and so he heads on out and he runs into the evil queen and the evil queen basically tells him you know or he ends up saying that the coin belonged to his late father and this is out of the other and uh, his father had passed away in in like a cart accident and uh, the evil queen basically is like, are you sure that your father's death was an accident? And then she poofs away. Let's talk about two things. Number one, the evil queen and gold. Because as they're having their conversation about the coin, she gets all up on him. And uh, she basically lays her cards out on the table and is like, you know what? There's one untold story that we didn't get a chance to finish. Ugh. So there's that. And let's talk about Charming and his father and how his death might not have been an accident. ¿Qué es esto? What does this mean? That's the question that I had watching Regina and Rumple again. It's like, <laughs> my eyes! My eyes, there's nothing wrong <laughs> for the shit. Oh my god. No, why? once this isn't Priscilla's favorite episode. It just it was just killing her eyes. Yes. I was like bathing my eyes in holy water and then bleach to see if it gets that demonic shit away. And no, no, it didn't. I, why? I don't know, Evil, man. So hot. You could get any piece. Why do you go for gold? Mm, no, I don't know. I kind of hope that they don't go that route and have gold, like, kind of look for a pity fuck from the evil queen, because, It looks like it's going that way. Well, here's my problem with that whole thing. Because technically he would be banging Regina. So if the evil queen and Regina ever combine again, she's going to have memories of having sex with gold. Oh, maybe they'll, they won't do that. Maybe like they'll, they'll have some other way of um, both of them like getting together or something. Making out? Yeah. I don't know. Um, they'll, have, they'll, they'll have something, but maybe as a fun joke, uh, if it has fans talking, like for next season, they'll be like, They'll have like a weird like rumple or a weird gold and Regina um, dynamic because something happened between them. But it looks like it's going that way. Like Priscilla said that they're probably going to sleep together. There's no way they played off that really weird chemistry and sexual tension um, for with just just for the hell of it. I'm pretty sure it's going to go somewhere, and that's where if they go somewhere and they want. Rum Bell fans to like hold on. I don't know how you can like kill a, a fandom more than that or a ship. Like let's yeah. be real. Like that's like, you wait, suffer wait. for your ships. God, I feel bad for you, Rum Bell fans. Like you guys are yeah. guys really holding on there. Like if, if it goes you, yeah, if it goes that way. Like I'm just saying, guys. Like 
You do you, but damn, I, I would have already, I already jumped ship like three, four seasons ago. Like this would be like the file nail, the like the final nail in the coffin. If I, I don't mind my ship having problems, but once they involve like uh, dating someone else or sleeping with someone else or marrying someone else, it's kind of donezo for me. You know. Well, technically, Belle already did date someone else. I'm just saying. That's true, but yeah. But that was legit. She deserved to. Scarlet date. Beauty was yeah a beautiful thing. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, she he was trying she was trying to move on. This guy just wants a pity fuck. There's a difference, you know. I, I don't want to always hate on Rumple, but I mean, come on, like I don't see him being happy with anyone. But yeah, so. Oh, uh, uh, moving. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was about to say that that uh. How I mentioned- what is it with the sisters wanting Rumple? Because like Zelina even had the awkward like sexual thing. Remember when she was shaving him and the blood? Cora liked him. Zelina liked him. Regina liked him. Like, calm your tits, girls. Like, what the fuck? He's not Maybe all they that. Attracted- Maybe they were attracted to the power or something. They felt like they could use. I don't know. I don't I'm know, attracted to the darkness in his soul. Yeah, <laughs> not, not not him, but the darkness, you know, and um. I did want to say, like, how earlier I mentioned about, uh, was it Snow and Charming, like, probably mm-hmm. getting an arc, or maybe separate arcs? Like, we're talking about David right now with that coin. We're finally gonna get a separate arc for David and his father. Yeah. I am so excited to see what that is. Yeah, what do we think about it? And do we think, because we've never met his father, right? Do we think his father's gonna be... Like some fairy tale character that I you hope know. so. Like I always thought it was really weird that Ruth glosses over like the notion that his father died really quickly and the notion that she gave up one of her sons to the king. We never saw the king again and we never got any closure as a like we got closure with James, but we and Ruth but that father was always left up in the air, both fathers. So I'm interested to know like what's going to happen here. I, I don't think the evil queen is lying. I think yeah. that there's more to that story. But I'm really hoping the Charmings don't do that shit. They are going to. But like that, that they don't do the, I'm keeping secrets to protect you, to protect this family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. shit hits the fan. Like, yeah, it's just no. a, it's a thing. It's a, it's just to create drama. It's an easy way to create it. But you know what? It doesn't bother me because in a way, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's kind of like you gotta put your priorities. And in this entire episode, we didn't even get hide or anything. We just got evil queen. There's a lot of shit going on that I kind of forget to put in perspective. Like, who's the number one evil that we need to think? Of? Is it is it evil queen or is it hide? Like, who's scarier first? Like, who do we, you know, and then we got um, David and his arc, and then we got um, Emma and her stuff, and it's like, who who goes first? Like, what is, what's important here? There's a lot of stuff going on, so I don't know, yeah. man. I wonder how they're going to have him find out. I'm going to assume, like, Rumple has to know some stuff. Like, Mr. Gold, like, he, because... I mean, Ruth is is dead. So unless they're going to do that thing where they did a couple seasons ago, where they do like a séance or something, like he's okay. not going to get any answers from his mom. That's true. We we're just. I don't think. Dig- I don't think Regina dig- has enough go-go juice in her to like summon up that spell. Like she's zapped. I I, I guess that kind of 
like fixes up that plot point that how is the evil queen like matching up with Regina who technically they both should have the same amount of powers like that dampening yeah. spell well, well we don't know how long that dampening spell is for it might just have been just for that moment, for that day yeah, yeah. that's true oh man but I, I like how the evil queen was like a couple steps ahead of them like her thinking of the dampening spell and all that kind of stuff and and like the cell phone thing I think that that kind of shows a little bit more about how um, there's no way Regina can defeat the evil queen, like, in other ways other than accepting her. Kind of like saying the words, mm -hmm. like, I, this is, you are me and I am you. Like, we are one, this is who I am, and then she disappears and goes into her or something. I don't know, because... If anything, I don't know how they're going to one-up her. I mean, in this episode, they tried to tell, you know, they asked Regina, well, you know, think like her. You were the evil queen. Get inside your own head and try and figure it out. It's like, they're going to try everything possible, but the last thing's probably going to be her accepting herself. And I really like this episode, how the evil queen just, like you said, was steps ahead and Regina fell right into her hand. Like, she did everything she wanted to do. Yeah. I, that, I loved it. I loved that, too. Like, I kind of miss Regina being one step ahead of everyone. Like, I, I miss seeing a, a villain win, not just because of that whole Dragon Ball shit where, like, I just got more power. Haha, -ha, but I got more power. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I like <laughs> villains outsmarting people, figuring yeah. out stuff like just a second before every the, the heroes do. That interests me. So yeah. to see the evil queen kind of fuck up everyone's game just by like being in the background and maybe placing one dampening spell and taking out one heart fucked everyone up. I love it. it. Mm -hmm. and, and Regina says it too, right? She's like, you didn't want, you know, what did she say? That you didn't want that him to kill the the you know the charmings you wanted me to kill him i was like ooh ooh i didn't see that coming girl like it was just so good i was just eat Ew, it was just awesome i love that because then i didn't figure it out either it seems so simple when they say it but when you're there watching it doesn't really click sometimes sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but um and i'm really interested in how she said you know you're going to destroy everyone's happy ending or something like that and i also want to know everyone else's untold story like david i guess is mm -hmm. his dad yeah we're learning his yeah and then i don't know if snow's going to have one you know what is regina probably has like a shit ton you know i'm i'm ready like what is what does leroy have you know like i want to know what what's going on with that dwarf like he left something in his egg granny <laughs> needs granny? more yes Granny needs more shit. Uh, like granny needs everything. <laughs> I agree. She needs to fix those beds. But uh, let's talk about the final storyline of the episode, which was a small one that kind of bookended the episode. We have Emma. She's taking some time out to see Archie towards the beginning of the episode. And she's talking to him about the visions and uh, the tremors in her hand. And uh, Emma is asked by Archie, you know, Shouldn't you tell your family? You know, don't you think it's a good idea? And, uh, you know, she basically is like, you know, no, it, it isn't a good idea. I don't want to talk about it. And she ends up leaving. But later on, at the end of the episode, she returns to Archie. And uh, they talk about the evil queen. Uh, turns out Archie already knew about the evil queen uh, because uh, Bashful is very talkative about current events before their session. But uh, she... Uh, 
she feels like she needs to tell her family about the visions, but she can't at this moment because she thinks that the person that's under the cloak is dun, dun, dun. Regina. Damn. I'm not Thank surprised, somebody though. for pointing out the fact that Regina wasn't there of mm-hmm. the four. And Hook was shielding Henry's eyes, which should be Regina's job. If bad shit happens to Emma, so where was Regina in all of this? That's true. Although I still agree with um, Brittany's theory, but I kind of want to know, like, I I want more of these therapy sessions. I want Emma figuring out her identity now that she's more open. Like, I loved this scene. Like, if, if the last scenes were, like, me dipping myself in bleach this was like me in a warm bath like I was so happy with this like we have Emma who people have criticized a lot for like in season one being kind of like a tough hard ass and like just losing her authority as seasons have gone by but no this scene kind of clinches the fact that She's just learning to be more open and to be a healthier person. And what do you do once you've shirked off all of the layers of armor that you have? Who are you? It's it's good to be able to realize that she sees this and needs to identify herself. It's it's deep and beautiful and good job, Emma. Keep growing. Yeah, and six seasons in too, right? You could think that... Emma could have just been who she was always meant to be at the end of season one, which was the savior, you know, breaking the spell and saving her son, you know, accepting the love and loving her son. Like, that could have been her arc. Like, yeah, that's it. You know, we're donezo. But no, six seasons in and we're barely getting Emma to a place where she's finally going to be somebody who doesn't have her walls up. And who is that person? We don't know because in the first episode she lied. But this episode takes her uh, in, a, in a step in the right direction where she's like, I want to tell them. Maybe back then she's like, I don't want to tell anybody. Now she's at a point where I want to, but this is why I can't. At least she's saying it. And I think uh, this is where we can get excited about this season because we talked about this about last episode. Like, why is Emma regressing? Why is she not saying anything? I feel like she is going to start saying something. I think we're going to get a really good uh, arc for Emma. And I think we're going to get some growth. So, yeah, let's do this. But the Regina thing, I don't know, man. That's actually a really good point that that she wasn't there. Um, It could be her in the hood. It seems like it's too uh, um, on the nose just because they said it in the second episode. And I don't think we're going to figure it out until maybe the mid-season finale. Maybe. I don't know. That's like my guess. I, it so. feels weird because we mentioned this in spoilers before. So if anyone doesn't actually listen to spoilers, like mute yourself for a little bit. But um, that she's... um. This season isn't going to be split up into half arcs where it's going to be finished by winter's time. We're going to get a lot of short stories and it's not going to be done until like April when the whole season ends. So I'm wondering if we're going to get closure anytime soon. Well, maybe. But that doesn't mean that something big can't happen in the mid-season finale. What if it's they figure out who is in the hood 
by the mid-season, but the the finale of the series or the, the the you know the season finale is still the battle itself. Like we're gonna see how we get there because these are just visions. We don't know how we're gonna get there, but we're gonna get there. So what if that like we we find out who's who's on in the hood, and then the rest of the arc is like them trying to prevent that from happening, but it's still gonna happen. Mm-hmm. That's what I think that could be a possibility if there's anything i know about people having visions it's that when they have it they want to change it but it actually just happens in a different way so that could be it i don't know i don't know but props to emma and having um archie back i i really love his uh, little sessions with her and how we're going all freud here i mean freud was a crazy guy back in the day him and his weird theories and stuff but if there's one you used to hang out with him yeah definitely i hang out with him all the time in my classes but but um his psychoanalysis is pretty much what 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 emma needs here whereas you just sit her down and let her talk and her unconscious might actually help her solve these uh these visions just talking about it we got we broke through into Arch, her telling Archie like, "Hey, I die at the end, and I think it's Regina." Like that's something. So, I don't know. I'm excited, man. This, this he might be really good. he might be convincing her to tell the truth. So yes, like I, I'm I'm all for that. Also, he's a real shit therapist because you are not supposed to talk about your other like clients with other clientele. He's like, "Oh yeah, Bashful tells me <laughs> shit." I'm like, "No." Well, that wasn't, like, his private stuff. It's, like, what's going on in the town. So I can forgive Archie for that. No, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that as a therapist. No. Well, it wasn't any of, like, private information. It was, like, what's going on in the town. It's storybook therapist. There's a little bit of, like, stuff you can just kind of whatever. We'll see. We'll see, though. Because if he's finally convincing Emma to say something, then Emma's gonna tell him and everything's gonna be okay, or he's gonna be telling the Charmings behind her back and it's gonna blow up in her face. One of two things. Oh my gosh. And that's how we'll tell if he's a shit therapist or not. <laughs> yes, Emma, get your money back if he tells the Charmings. Yeah. Take Pongo. Oh my gosh. Alright everybody, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most and why. You know the rules, if somebody stated your choice for MVP, you gotta pick a different one. And we'll start off with Brittany. Yay, nobody's gonna pick mine though, so it's okay. Wait, Um, wait, 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 wait. before we pick anything, is Evil Queen and Regina distinctive characters? Yes. Are they? Okay, that's all I needed to know. I think that's okay. like foreshadowing right there, listeners. I'm just saying. Okay, so my MVP is going to go to Hook. I know he didn't really do a lot in the episode. He had a couple scenes, but I feel like uh, he's been really a shoulder to cry on, you know, for, for Emma. You know, and she hasn't taken up taken him up on that offer yet, but I like how they're showing the progression that she is trying to open up more. And Hook's just like, all right, you know, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm not going to pressure you, but I'm glad you're here telling me um, that you're trying to do better. And while you're doing that, I'm going to make myself a better man. And they they finally get a really good scene with Bell, and he's seeking redemption and he wants to forgive himself and he wants to be a better man. All the all the awards to Hook. Uh, I love seeing that in a 
and a real and a bad boy character. So actually my favorite thing in the world. So Hook is my MVP. Priscilla, I have a feeling we all know who it's going to be, but feel free to share it. Nope, it's uh, in in honor of Katie being gone and really like my my emotions. It's Emma because <gasps> that oh, okay, scene... that's surprising. You did like a little uh, plot twist in the beginning. Yep, just I I just wanted to make sure like throughout the season that this is the rule that we were gonna go by, just in case I pick one of those two at some point. But Emma really showed some growth today, like. Emma showing growth, Hook showing growth, Regina showing growth. Like everybody is, ah, I'm, I'm looking out for my babies. They're 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 growing up so fast. Like, but but Emma in particular, good on her for going back to Archie. I did not expect that. I expected her to leave and to like awkwardly see him on the street and like turn away or something like something like that. To have her come back and say, I don't really know who I am. Sheer genius. Loved it. Nice. I approve on both of your responses so far. My MVP, I'll give it to our character of the week, the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, I I thought uh, the character was a good character, a strong character. I thought the actor did a really good job. I liked seeing sort of like the torn Count, where you could tell that even though he was, like, all hell-bent on revenge and he, like, you know, took a decade to, like, plot out his revenge back in the day, you could tell that he was having a major problem with uh, his deal that he had done with uh, the evil queen in the flashback. And then, obviously, I mean, he was under the control of uh, the evil queen in present-day Storybook USA. So you could see that he was, like, really torn on, like, not necessarily wanting to enact, like, this vengeance on the charmings in um, the present day so I I thought he did a really great job uh, with the role I thought it was a unique twist and I like how they incorporated that character in uh, this story I I thought it was interesting so now it's time to rate the episode from 1 to 10 apples that is the point system is allowed and if you deem this episode worthy of more than 10 apples you may grant it the coveted golden apple and we'll go in the same order Brittany. all right so i wish i could change my answer from last last episode but maybe i just get all hypey and i just give it whatever i feel like giving it at the moment but I feel like this episode was a true 10-10 of apples. Is that a bushel? What's a bushel? Do you guys know? Is that 12? No, that's a dozen. Uh, a, a bushel's just a big bag. So there, your big bag of 10 apples. A bushel minus there two. Has, I don't know. I remember Ross saying it and friends. Like, he's like, we're, we're four short of a bushel. So I was like, what's what, what has four more? But yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, this episode was just overall good. I mean, we spent over an hour, you know, all, we always do, but, like, more than usual talking about this episode with just the three of us. I mean, there was a lot to talk about, and I think this got us really excited for the rest of the season, more than the premiere, actually. Mm. I feel like the premiere the premiere set us up for, like, oh, what's going to happen here? But 
at the same time, this second episode really cemented what I think everyone's arc is going to be. And I, I really enjoyed myself watching. Like, I just I just loved it. Everything I, I loved. Some of those Lena parts. But even then, I'm rooting for her to be a double agent. So, I don't know. I guess, Yeah, 10 out of 10. Just give it a 10 out of 10. I, I did... I did say at the beginning that this was one of my favorite episodes, and I think it it is. I think if I had a top ten, this would probably be one of them. Priscilla? Oh, God. Half of this episode had me reeling in good and bad ways. So I'm going to give it a... S- Hold on for a second. She dropped her apples. Her bushel! No! But... Okay, half of the episode had me gagging, like, <laughs> grossness. It was disgusting. And half of the episode had me... Oh my gosh, it was it like was two awesome. scenes. That wasn't half the episode. It was half the episode to me, and <laughs> no. But I'm not going to give it a five, because the Count of Monte Cristo was epic. The growth that Regina showed at the beginning of the episode, the begin like the the emma scenes the hook scenes i'm gonna give this nine out of ten no like six out of ten like like it's barely passing in certain like places wow we got the russian judge uh, this week damn well damn hey but i always give my reasons i got receipts Yes, although we don't validate them here. No, let me stop. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give this, and uh, Brittany was reading my mind. I'm giving this episode a 9. I liked the episode overall. I thought the flashback was really good. I liked what we saw in Storybrooke. I liked the teases as far as what we're going to be seeing with the characters. And generally, I thought it was a strong episode. It was an entertaining episode, an episode that I could see myself seeing again and again. I thought it was that well done. So I'm, I'm... Give it many props. So definitely 9 out of uh, 10. So it's not a bushel either, but it'll be a heavier bag than Priscilla's. Priscilla's just didn't want to carry a big bag of apples this week. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. And it's not apples. It's apple martinis because that shit came out again. So Well, there you go. apple martinis. Well, you can't carry that in a bag. But you can certainly carry it in a bottle. And in a box, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> that ain't apple juice. Well, you know what? I think it's time to get a little spoilery, Brittany. No, that's Katie's job, but Katie's not here. I'll take it over, Katie. Can't stop me. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the evil queen taking over Regina. Yes! All right, guys. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for the upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Beep, beep. Spoiler alert. Also, check out our official Facebook Live page by visiting facebook.com slash storybookweeklymirror. Alright guys, I got a couple of things for you. I'm going to start off with ratings. Um, TV Line provided us with some ratings. Um, For this week, we got a 1.1 in the demo. And it's not bad news, but we slipped from last week, which was 1.3. So it's not, it's not too bad. I mean, the premiere is the biggest thing. And if it just slipped a little bit, that's fine. 
Once upon a time, still good on Sundays, guys. Nobody has anything to do on Sundays except Football Sunday, but who really watches football? Anyways, Spoiler TV has some goodies for us as well, and I'm going to start off with this. Adam tweeted a picture, and if you guys have Adam on, uh, on Twitter, go ahead and follow him. Look at the picture, but I'm going to tell you what it was. It was the title for Episode 9, which I believe is our mid-season finale. I'm just going to assume that every series ever that has, like, about 20 episodes, Episode 9 is always the mid-season um, episode. So, the episode is called Changelings. And for a little bit of insight, I was reading the comments on that page, and somebody posted the definition of a changeling. And it says, a changeling is a character found in folklore and folk religion. A changeling child was believed to be a fairy child, that had been left in place of a human child stolen by the fairies. So, I don't know. Take that as you will. You can start coming up with some theories. I know there's a lot of people on Tumblr that talk about the blue fairy a lot. Because we feel like she comes in and out. And a lot of people think that she's actually really evil. Uh, Shady blue fairy. And I know she, that- she mentioned I on love Instagram, the blue fairy. She, she mentioned on Instagram that she was filming for once. So... Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. And you know, I am sad that they never continued that, that relationship she had with Leroy. I thought that was actually very cute at the time. You mean Nova. Who? Nova was the pink Nova. fairy. Nova. Yeah. The blue fairies, uh, Keegan oh. Connor Tracy. Like, I think oh, that's her the, Yeah. Was, I thought he had a thing with the blue fairy. Oh, man. No. No, the blue fairy did not approve ah, of Nova yes, and, and Grumpy's Everybody relationship. Everybody is correct and I am wrong. I need to go and rewatch season one. So, uh, they also added a little thing that says the theme of the swap child is common in medieval literature and reflects concern over infants thought to be afflicted with unexplained diseases, disorders, and developmental disabilities. I don't know what the why that's added in there, but that's what it is. So, I don't know. Make of that what you will. Start your theories. Oh gosh, no. don't tell me that Charming is a changeling and he's really a fairy. Oh god, no. But you know what? Leave us comments, guys. Let us know your theories. Tell us. And then I'll take credit for them because I'm good at that. No, I'm just kidding. But this is actually really interesting. I like th- I like fairies, so I want to see what's going on there. Maybe we'll get Tinkerbell again. I don't know. That'd be great. But um, moving on, more from Spoiler TV. This is a big one in case you guys don't really follow stuff and you're just listening to us, then I'm going to give it to you. Fans have been asking, and Once Upon a Time has answered. Sean McGuire is returning to Once Upon a Time in Season 6. So, what does this mean? They gave us a little bit more information, and it says, Though Robin Hood met a grim fate at the end of Season 5, Sean will appear in multiple, multiple episodes this season however the character is not coming back from the dead they um they haven't they're not giving us more than that other than there we're not sure if it's gonna be flashbacks or present or spirit or whatever but he will be back for multiple episodes so I don't know how you guys feel about that I was a Robin Hood fan I liked him I was just sad that they didn't utilize him it, to like his full potential 
It's sad that they're finally figuring out how to use him, but he's dead. Yeah, right? I think that's what... The, I think a lot of shows do that. They finally realize how to use the character after they're dead. But um, I'm glad he's coming back. I feel like... I don't know if you guys followed him on Twitter or, you know, Instagram. But I do... I think I did see a little bit of him being a little angry, not angry, but a little sad that he was killed off in the way he was killed off. It did, it seemed like he didn't really would he would want to return to uh to the show if they ever asked him to. Um, but it looks like he's all in good terms. Maybe that was all rumors, probably. But he's coming back, and not just for episodes, yeah, multiple episodes. That's really really awesome, guys. I'm I'm. I'm excited. I like it. And I think this might have to do with um, Regina's arc. I think she's going to find a way to really move on from him. But, uh, yeah. you know, I think it's like her final goodbye. And uh, Or he's going to help her. Like, I could see yeah. maybe she dreams about him and, like, he gives her advice on how to take on the evil queen. Maybe she... It gets to the point to where she starts doubting herself, maybe? And, like, that's where he sort of comes in to, like, reassures her, like, you're the best, Regina. You can do it. I, I don't I know. I totally see the second bit playing out, that she starts doubting herself and doubting whether she can ever be good. And through, like, a series of dreams, like... He leads her through, vi- like visualizing like the gross, ghost of Christmas person. past. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are are thinking he's gonna be like not a hallucination, but something in her conscience that's gonna help her. Yeah. Or a, or maybe or the, she or takes the, something. So like, maybe like the, there's this potion of like enlightenment or something, so that she can whatever, 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 because she needs it for whatever, whatever, whatever to figure whatever, whatever, whatever out. And then all of a sudden, he's there as her guide, or his actual spirit uh, shows up and helps her out in, in a dream theory. world. I don't think it's gonna be like a ghost, or she's gonna have visions of him there in Storybrook, or any of that kind of thing. I think it has to be something like dreamlike. Or something under a potion where she ends up seeing him. I don't think it's flashbacks because it's multiple episodes. So it's and you know they don't typically do like a multiple episode in a row flashback that continues on. So I, I feel like it has to be that. Like that's the only thing that kind of makes sense, especially if they specifically said he's not coming back from the dead. Yeah, I was gonna say though that something that. Uh that I guess maybe we didn't talk about or we forgot to mention, but on rewatching the the premiere, when they talked about Robin, they kept saying the word that or the words that his soul was obliterated. So maybe it has to do something with his soul and finding peace. That maybe she finds that maybe like I don't know some kind of like how you were saying seance or I don't know what that we find his soul and it goes to heaven or something or to the right place. Because they kept kind of saying that. They kept kind of putting emphasis on the fact that he, his spirit or soul just, like, vanished. And where did it go? And then Henry tries, you know, to, to comfort her and be like, I think he went to the place he's supposed to. But with this news, it sounds like maybe he's, like, a wandering soul or something. You know, like, purga- not, not a purgatory, but, you know, maybe she he's going to help her. And she's going to help him find his way to where he's supposed to be. We still haven't found that lost Fletch, that lost bit of the arrow that Zelina hid. So I think that has to do something with it. Yeah, see, I think that's... uh, that's Well, that was the feather that landed on the bench. 
Was it? Like that it was just yeah. a feather? God damn it. I thought it was that little piece of like the 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 back part of the arrow that uh little Roland gave to her at the very no, end gave, of the He gave her the feather. It was a feather. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Well that I think that was it felt like it was done with Robin, but now that we're getting this news, it, it's maybe it was not that it's done. It was kinda like, hey, I'm still here. I don't know, maybe I don't you can interpret it however you want, but I think that might be it. If it's not a dream thing, it's definitely gonna be his soul and his soul finding rest and peace. But not without making sure that Regina's at peace and he's at peace too. Because we didn't get a goodbye from him. He, he just died. And usually when we get those kinds of deaths, they come back in some way. And uh, they finally find peace. Like uh, like Neil. In that scene with uh, when they go to the underworld and uh, Emma's dreaming about him and she keeps seeing him. Maybe it's going to be something like that. So. Yeah. You know, and the the last thing I have, guys, is just the the title and the synopsis for the next episode, which is episode three of season six. It um, the episode is called "The Other Shoe," and uh, the, here's the f- official synopsis: As Storybrooke continues to welcome the new arrivals from the land of untold stories, families, friends, and even long lost enemies are reunited once again. When Ashley, aka Cinderella, searches for her stepfamily, intent on settling their unfinished business, Emma Hook and and Henry scramble to help her before it's too late. Meanwhile, Regina attempts to bribe Mr. Hyde for information about how to defeat the evil queen, and Snow helps Dr. Jekyll find a suitable laboratory for his work. David makes a deal with gold and delivers a message to Belle in exchange for new information about his father. In a flashback, Cinderella attends a ball and meets her prince. Episode 3 will air on Sunday, October 9th, guys. And that's all I got. <laughs> Anastasia, she's not coming back. No, yeah, it's confirmed with images and with even the casting. The the stepmother is would not correlate with anything in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. That the stepsisters aren't even called Anastasia or Gisella. So... Yeah. Man, f that shiz. Yeah, they're or at not least gonna, it looks it, like it, it from the casting for the press release. You don't see Anastasia or, or hey, Gisella listed. Hey, if they recasted Jafar, they were gonna, you know, they were gonna totally make it separate from once. Sad times, guys. But I mean, let's let's see what they got. We can't yeah. count them out yet. You now, know, see what once does. When we saw Cinderella the first time. Didn't we see her at the ball? So I guess they're going to show us more of the ball. Maybe like behind the scenes or something. Things that we didn't catch. I don't know. Maybe we... Because they, d- they grazed be over the ball part. really quick. Because yeah, they, they showed yeah. the stepmother and stepsisters leaving. Obviously, they showed Rumpel killing the fairy godmother and like taking the place. And then we saw them together at the ball, I feel... And then all of a sudden, like, flash forward. Because yeah, then we saw her pregnant, pregnant and, and that yeah. kind of thing. So I guess we'll see more of what happened at the ball. Yeah, homework for everybody. Just rewatch the Cinderella episode and then... Or at least just the flashbacks. The... Yeah, watch the next one, so... But yeah, that's it for spoilers, guys. Alright, great job, Brittany. So listeners, join us next time for a brand new 
installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Night, good everybody. night everybody. Oh, why do we say that? <laughs> because we are diametrically opposite. Where you are good, <laughs> I am evil, and like we ha- it's a yin and yang thing. Wait, I'm the evil queen, or you were the evil queen? Today you were the good person. I was the bad one. So that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Adorable. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybook Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Good night.